We're starting a new series today called Forgiveness. And uh, I think it's going to be just a really great time for us to take a look at this subject. Because this subject really impacts each one of us. We all need to learn how to forgive either better or quicker or maybe for the first time. I don't know where you're at in your life. But each one of us needs to learn about this subject of forgiveness. So here's my first question I have for us. Have you ever wanted to get revenge on someone who has hurt you? I think each one of us would raise our hands. It's tough to admit sometimes, or maybe it's not, because I heard the peanut gallery over here saying, oh yeah, oh yeah, got to get that revenge. Uh, But if you're like most people, you've probably rehearsed the zinger or two, and you've thought about getting revenge on that person, and it's gone over in your mind, in your mind, over and over and over, exactly what you're going to say when you have that opportunity for revenge. And when I think about this, I think of one of my favorite movies. I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but the man's name is Inigo Montoya. Hasn't. Are you still trying to win? You've got an overdeveloped sense of vengeance. It's going to get you into trouble someday. Kill my father. Prepare to die. Hello. My name is Diego Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Hello. My name is Diego Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that. Promise me that. All that I have and more. Please offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back. (laughs) Man, if you haven't seen that movie, give it up for that. That was a great scene. We love that scene. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I've said that a bunch of times myself. What a great scene that is. (laughs) Why do we love that scene so much? Well, I think for many of us, it's because we all have someone in our lives or have had someone in our lives that we want revenge against. I mean, that's really the reality of it. And it's easy to, to enjoy a scene like that because it's funny, it's a comedy, right? But there is an issue that is underlying in all of that comedy in that movie. So here's the reality. And before we go into the reality, I just want to pray for us before we get into this teaching. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much 
that your word is powerful and your word changes us. And as we delve into your word, it's going to talk about forgiveness. Lord, I recognize each one of us has been hurt. Each one of us needs to exercise forgiveness in our lives towards people, maybe from the past, maybe in the present, and definitely in the future. So God, I pray that as we negotiate through this study, that you would help us understand your heart so that our hearts might change. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We've all been hurt, and some of us quite deeply. Maybe it was a spouse that's been unfaithful, or maybe it was a parent situation that was abusive or unloving. Maybe you experienced, uh, have a, a traumatic experience from childhood. Or maybe a church leader hurt you at some point in time. People have lied to you. Maybe in business, people have been unethical. Maybe even vindictive. Maybe a close relationship, a close friend, actually now has become an enemy in your life. And so what do we do with all that hurt? What do we do with all of that hurt in our lives? Well, what some of us do is we fantasize about what it would be like if they got their just desserts or if they got theirs. Well, who is it in your life? Is there anybody right now? What do you wish would happen to that person? Here's the problem with some of those thoughts, is that as Christ followers, we're called to be completely different. We're called to have a different way of thinking as we negotiate the relationships in our lives. Here's what the Apostle Paul tells us, And I'm taking several verses out of Ephesians chapter 4. The first one is, In your anger do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. That's a great verse. We use that a lot when we're talking with couples. If you're a married couple, we always talk about that. You know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Basically, don't go to sleep while you still are at odds. Because you're not going to sleep, first of all. I've done it a couple times in my life. Yes, Gene and I have done that a couple times. Not very often, but a few. You're not going to sleep. Very wise. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. But that goes for all of us in all of our relationships. Another version says this, and do not sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Because that anger can control you. We're going to talk a little bit about that here in a few moments. Another verse in Ephesians chapter 4, a little bit further on, says get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice. And another verse, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. So Paul's talking about all of these emotions that we experience in our lives through relationships, anger, bitterness, malice, slander, brawling. And then he says, but be kind and compassionate towards one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. How many of us know it's not easy when we have that highlight reel going on in our mind? 
You know, our brains are powerful, man. Our brains are an amazing thing. But unfortunately, they remember a lot, our brains, and they keep replaying that reel. You know, I grew up back in the 70s and 80s, and I loved NFL films. Man, you'd see the highlight reel of the games and stuff like that. Now you can just go on YouTube and do it. But NFL films, man, the highlight reel, you play it over and over and over again. Some of us do that in our lives with the hurts that we've experienced. But here's the kicker from Paul. A little further on in Ephesians, Paul says this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. He makes mention of all of these things, and then he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So in other words, if I don't forgive, if I withhold forgiveness, then I'm grieving Holy Spirit. That's pretty heavy. I don't know if you thought about that before. But that's, that's a pretty heavy deal. Grieving the Holy Spirit because we're withholding forgiveness. But there's more. You know, scientists tell us that people who don't forgive, some things happen to them. One of the things is that they're more susceptible to disease. Their immune system is compromised because of several different things. Because they don't get good sleep, They don't eat well. And so other contributing factors as well, their immune systems are compromised and they're susceptible to disease. And then their relationships are deeply troubled. For those that have withhold forgiveness, that works into bitterness, which we'll talk about in a minute. But you probably can think of people in your life that maybe you've ran across that are like that. They're not real healthy people, but boy, they sure are grumpy all the time. They have a big opinion about everything. And it's that bitterness that's in their heart and in their spirit, man. It's bad news. So guess who benefits the most by forgiving the person who wronged you? You. You're the one that benefits the most by forgiving people in your life that have wronged you. The person who benefits is you. But how the heck am I supposed to do that when I'm all twisted up inside? I love that example of being all twisted up, all knotted up. I know each one of us has been there. You're all twisted up inside. How how am I ever going to forgive? Well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about over the next seven weeks in this series. And so today is a forgiveness overview is what we're calling it. It's a forgiveness overview. Look at today as like your 101 class. We're going to get to 201, 301, 401, and by the time we're done, you guys are going to have a master's degree in forgiveness. Isn't that something awesome to look forward to? Yeah. But for today, this is what I want you to know. You can forgive totally. You can forgive totally. Totally. We have a book here available. We're going to have this available during this series. I think I have like nine or 10 copies today. It's called Total Forgiveness. It's what we're outlining this message series from. It's by R.T. Kindle, who's a pastor. It's a little bit over, older of a book. That was an updated version in 2007. But man, the stuff in here is really good. So if you want to dig deeper, we're just going to scratch the surface as we go over these next seven weeks. If you want to dig deeper, these are available for $15. And you can do check or cash, or actually you can fill out the offering envelope here on the bottom 
It does have a place for credit card or debit card. So if you want to do that, you can do that. Fill out this information and give it to Gene, and, uh, and you can have a book here today. And if we run out today, you know Amazon is great, right? Because I will have books for next week as well. But today we're going to share, I'm going to share with you a couple things. I'm going to tell you what forgiving is not. And then I'm going to share with you what forgiving is. And there's going to be some examples, and we'll see what forgiveness looks like throughout the time we're going to talk today. So the first thing is forgiving is not. If you have notes, these are some fill-ins. Forgiving is not saying that what the other person did is okay. Forgiving is not saying that what the other person has done is okay. It's important for you to know that, especially if you're a black and white person. If you're a person that values justice. It's not saying what they did was okay. And when I think about that, Jesus used a couple, few examples in the gospel accounts as he interacted with people and talked about forgiveness. And the one that I think of all the time is the adulterous woman. If you're not familiar with that, the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus. They brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery right to him. Well, that's a whole separate mission series about how all that went down. But here she is. And they're trying to trap him. And he says, hey, Jesus... You know, in the law, Moses was supposed to stone her because she was caught. What say you? You condemn her? Man, Jesus was awesome. Jesus was like, no. The one who has not sinned, let him cast the first stone. I can just see him, you know, dropping the stones. And they were like, rats, foiled again. <laughs> but Jesus was true. I mean, that was awesome. What a turnaround. What, what, what a turnaround. And so then at the end, he has a little conversation with her. And he says this, you know, where are all your accusers? Where's all the people that are going to condemn you? Are they here? No, they're not. Well, he says, neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. We love that story because of the forgiveness aspect of it. But look at what Jesus said. He didn't say it was okay. Jesus said, I don't condemn you, but go now and leave your life of sin. He's acknowledging the fact that she was living a life of sin. He wasn't saying it was okay what she was doing. No, you were living in sin. But you know what? I don't condemn you. I forgive you. Now go and sin no more. So forgiving is not saying what the other person did was okay. Forgiving is not forgetting. I probably, I've used that in my life, forgive and forget. I mean, that's a standard phrase, right? You know, that is not true at all, forgive and forget. That's a cute little thing, but it means nothing, actually. Forgiving is not forgetting. The writer of he Hebrews quotes Jeremiah, and this is really cool because Jeremiah was talking about the new covenant that was going to come way down the road because he was an Old Testament prophet. But here's what the writer of Hebrews quotes. It says, For I will forgive their wickedness, this is God speaking, and will remember their sins no more. I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Man, that's awesome. We each can benefit from that because of what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. But he's not saying forgetting. Forgetting is passive. Remembering is active. 
Jesus is saying here, or God is saying, that he is going to actively not remember our sins and hold them against us. He's not some wacky professor, you know, some nutty professor that can't remember where he put his glasses or whatever. No, he's choosing not to remember, and that's what we need to do in our lives. We need to choose not to remember. It's an active thing. We won't be able to forget. Now, the emotions might subside over time, right? As we continue to choose to forgive, then those emotions will subside, but we're not going to forget. Forgetting or forgiving is not pretending that we're not hurt either. Remember, these are the things that forgiving is not. It's not pretending you're not hurt. We need to be honest with ourselves and not lie to ourselves because lying's a sin, right? So lying to yourself is not good either. We just need to be real. We need to be honest. We, need, can, we can have those emotions as we work through this process of forgiveness. Forgiving is not removing the consequences from another person's actions as well. You know, I was reading this book, and I have not read the whole thing yet. I'm, I'm into it. But in the first chapter, it talks about this one woman who was, who was raped and by a foreigner. And while the guy was caught and they were, you know, having the trial and all this kind of stuff, she actually became a Christian. And now she went to a pastor and said, okay, now what do I do with this? You know, I, I want to, I've forgiven the guy, but do, do I not testify now? Do I just, you know, and the pastor's like, no, you know, forgiving is not letting people not deal with their consequences. I mean, that was a crime, so he goes, what you need to do is not have bitterness in your heart. It's not revenge. It's the law. So go and, and testify and, and see what happens. And so she did. She went and she took the stand and she had forgiveness in her heart. She had no malice. There was no bitterness. She actually reached out to the guy, but she testified. And then he was extradited to his country. And we don't really know what happened to him after that. But let's remember that forgiving is not removing consequences for people's actions. Forgiving is not necessarily reconciling either. I know that might sound weird. What? Reconciling, if you want to know what the definition is, it's returning that relationship to where it once was. It's returning that relationship to where it was. Sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes that's not possible. There are certain people that maybe we should not or, or cannot reconcile with. Maybe a serial abuser. Maybe somebody who is unwilling to reconcile. Because remember, reconciling takes two people. It takes a relationship to reconcile. Or maybe somebody who has passed away. Obviously, you're not going to be able to reconcile with them, but you can forgive them. That's the thing forgiveness can still take place, but maybe reconciliation is not possible. We can forgive even if we can't reconcile. And I want, you, I want us all to listen closely. This, by all means, is not saying that what happened to you is okay. It's not saying that there shouldn't be some kind of consequence, especially if it was a crime or something like that for the person that has wronged you. So those are the things that forgiveness is not. 
Let's talk about what forgiveness is. This is in your notes as well. Forgiveness is, number one, forgiving is getting rid of the list. Forgiving is getting rid of the list. We see in 1 Corinthians this, love keeps no record of wrongs. Man, we love that. Love keeps no record of wrongs. We talk about that at weddings sometimes. I quote this. This is the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. Love keeps no records of wrongs. That's awesome. So why do we keep lists then? Well, practically, I keep lists because when I go to the store, I want to know what I'm supposed to grab at the grocery store, right? Or a to-do list. These are the things I have to do today at work. So we do keep lists, but you know, that goes over into our other lists that we keep. The lists of wrongs, maybe. Do you have a list of wrongs in your head? If you do, you probably keep that list because you need to prove what happened. Or you need, maybe you need to prove that you're right. That's another reason for keeping a list. So we keep lists. We need to be able to forgive and get rid of the list that's in our head. Forgiving is forgiving, forgetting. Forgiveness is forgiving, is getting rid of the list, number one. Number two, it's refusing to punish. This is a tough one. Forgiving is refusing to punish. Once again, out of Hebrews, we read this. God says, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. The Lord will judge. That's what it says in Hebrews. So we do not need to punish. That's a tough one because we love justice. We love this. People are getting what they, what they deserve. But let's stop trying to be God. Let's all stop trying to be God. Let, let God be God. And let's just walk in relationship with people. The next thing, forgiving. Forgiving is choosing not to tell the story. Boy, these are hitting the nail right on the head, aren't they? Each one of us can really relate to this. So why do we tell the story? Why do we go there? Why do we go and tell the story? Well, some of it is to get the emotion out, and and that's healthy. Uh, don't get me wrong. We need to tell our stories, right? We, but we need to tell our stories to our spouse or to a pastor or to a counselor or to one prayer partner in our lives. But often we want to tell the story to damage another person's reputation, to punish them some way. And that's a good way that we feel that we can punish them, well, we're not really punishing them. It's almost like a passive-aggressive kind of a thing. Or maybe it's because we're looking for confirmation that we've been wronged. We're looking for that confirmation that we've been wronged. You know, it's much easier to get people on your side, right? We all want people to know what we're feeling. We all want people to be on our side and to, to be there. Well, this is the unhealthy way to do it is telling that story. Like I said, we need to tell the story, but it needs to be in confidence 
It just doesn't need to be broadcast all over Facebook. Drives me crazy. Facebook drives me crazy sometimes. I can't hardly handle Facebook anymore, guys. I breeze through a lot on Facebook these days. Forgiving is letting go of bitterness as well. That's where we get to the heart of the matter right now. Forgiveness is letting go of that bitterness. Man, Hebrews says this, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Wow, those, that's great language there. Bitterness grows up to trouble you, poisonous root of bitterness. Man, that's really true because anger is what happens to us when we get hurt. Anger is an emotion. It's fine. I get angry. We get angry. That's okay. But bitterness is when you let that hurt grow, that anger grow and fester in your life to where it becomes poison to your system. Bitterness. And if you don't dig out the poisonous root of bitterness in your life, it's going to produce all kinds of death. It's going to produce, I talked a little bit about what science has told us about the immune system and stuff, and then obviously the fallout in relationships. It's a killer, man. Bitterness is a killer. We see in Genesis 27, Esau and Jacob. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. And this is what Esau said to himself. The days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. That's bitterness. That's poisonous root of bitterness in your life. The desire to get even with the person who hurt you. The desire to punish them. To say or do something that could destroy them and destroy their future. Man, that's heavy stuff. That is bitterness. Once again, we go back to our clip. You kill my father, prepare to die. Man, that was bitterness in an ego's heart for all of those years. But bitterness is gone when you let the person off the hook. Man, that's a tough thing to even comprehend, contemplate, process. But that's where we need to get. When you can truly wish them well and you've let them off the hook, that's when bitterness is gone in your life. And that's what that one woman did, like I told you about earlier with the trial. She was just simply telling the facts to the jury. She had forgiveness in her heart. She had no, did not have bitterness in her heart. And here's the bottom line for today. We're, we're getting near the end of our teaching, but forgiving is only up to you. Forgiving is only up to you. You can forgive even if the other person doesn't apologize. You can forgive even if you can't reconcile. Most people we need to forgive don't believe that they've done anything wrong, really. Or maybe they know that they've done something wrong or maybe they've hurt us in some way, shape, or form, but they believe it was justified in some strange way. Now, don't get me wrong, but we can't do this on our own. We need Holy Spirit 
We need Jesus. We need God. We need the Trinity to come alongside of us with this deep subject of forgiveness and help us in our lives do this. We can't do it in our own strength. But if you're waiting for that other person to see the light, you may never be healed. And that's reality. And really, that would be a shame. That would be a shame. That's why this series on forgiveness is so important. As we were getting uh, to discuss this with our team teaching group, for those of you that, many of you know that we have several people that work on these messages together from both campuses. Uh, Jenny Leach shared a great definition. Uh, I don't want you to bring up the definition yet, but I'm gonna have Jenny come forward and just kind of share a story. And then we're gonna throw up that definition that she shared with us on Tuesday. Hi guys. So I've been married um, 18 years now, which is really great. Well, thanks. It's mostly because John's so wonderful. Um, no, it's because um, I think I'm going to share something with you that changed, that changed my life. Um, so John and I had been married, I don't know, it was under a year, maybe a year. And um, he had said something to me that just really cut me to the core, I felt. And now this didn't have anything to do with John. This, this had to do with me. And so I went to Pastor Russ, who was my pastor way back in the day, and I was sitting in his office, and I was saying, man, I just, I can't let this go. It's just, you know, it's just too much. I was ruminating, and I was obsessing over it, and, you know, I was keeping a list of of this thing that was said, and all these other things, and there was this bitterness growing, and I really, John and I, both came from broken families, and I really wanted this marriage to work because I love this man dearly, and I was willing to change. I was willing to do anything to do it God's way, and it's really funny because when I was sharing this with the team, um, Russ doesn't remember me being in his office or saying this, but it changed my marriage, and it changed my practice, uh, my counseling practice. So he said to me, what forgiveness is, is releasing somebody from the debt that you believe that they owe you. And I really thought about that. It changed everything for me, that I had the power because of the Holy Spirit to release John from the debt that I believed that he owed me. All of the list was gone all of the keeping a record of that wrong was gone. And, I mean, it, it was dramatic and profound. And I've seen the change in people's lives in my counseling practice when we talk about the process of releasing someone from the debt. It's a good thing to do. God can help you do it. It's not just a practice. It's a process, and I understand that. So I challenge everybody to get the book, and if you need more help, come to Bob. Come to myself. There's some really um, wonderful techniques and skills that the Holy Spirit can walk you through to release this thing that's eating away at your life, um, and, and then you 
you can go on to teach other people how to do this very hard thing. And I just got to say, I think you're preaching the best message that I've ever heard you preach. Give it up for Bob. He's doing a great job. Let's bring, uh, there's a definition right there. Forgiveness is releasing the debt that you believe someone else owes you. Now, you might be thinking, Pastor Bob, that's fine for you, but you don't know my circumstance. You don't understand my hurt, and you don't know how that person has really destroyed part of me. Well, you're right. I can't possibly know that. But Jesus knows that. Jesus knows your hurt. Jesus knows because he experienced hurt. Eshalak Yeshuansaret Amarlana en ant Meshiaka Bar Elachachai Echueana Taxon Barnash Hithev by a mean Khail. Jesus was sentenced and executed, falsely accused, unjustly convicted, mocked, abused and friends that abandoned him. And then we read in Luke 23, Jesus said this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Psalm 103 says this about God. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. And then Colossians 3.13 says this, Forgive one another in the same way that you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. Jesus calls us to forgive just as we have been forgiven. Ultimately, forgiveness is for our sake. It's for our health. It's for our well-being. You know, those images are tough to watch if you've never seen The Passion. That's the movie that that scene was taken out of. It's very disturbing. I can't really watch the whole thing anymore. I watched it a couple times years ago when it first came out, but it really puts in the context really what Jesus did for us. And much worse than that, it only depicts part of what Jesus went through. Let's go into a time of prayer. Pray with me. Father God, we know that this forgiveness issue is close to your heart. And Lord, I would just pray that you would cultivate in each one of us a heart towards forgiveness. It won't be easy. For many of us, it's probably going to be a very long road 
but with Holy Spirit there helping us, guiding us. This is doable. Forgiveness will help us. And just like we talked about some things that forgiveness is not, and we talked about things that forgiveness is. It's your heart, and that's what we see in your word that is written down for us to read, meditate, to understand your heart. And I say thank you for that. And I don't know who's here today. Forgiveness starts with asking Jesus to forgive us. And so that might be you here today. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to forgive you. You've never started this journey, this Christian journey, but today is your day. This morning is for you. And so if that's you, if, if you want to dedicate your life to the Lord, we call it, receive this forgiveness that Jesus offers. Raise your hand. I'd like to remember you in prayer. Everybody's heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you, raise, raise your hand. I want to remember you in prayer here today. This is where it all starts. It all starts with asking and receiving this gift of forgiveness that Jesus gives to us. And so I want each one of us to just repeat after me as, as I say this prayer. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're my Savior. You're releasing me from the debt of sin. I accept that now. Change me from the inside out. Thank you for your sacrifice for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for praying that. If, if you said that for the first time, or maybe it's a rededication, go ahead and mark your connection card. 